Welcome to C3 Church, Queen's Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. Well, there's a song that, if you're older than me, you might know, which goes something like, What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just too little of. And I was thinking about that and I thought, you know what I think the world really needs a lot more of at the moment? I think they're actually searching for peace. And we can see that so much in our crazy world. The world is looking for it. Every Miss Universe contestant, when you ask her, what do you want? She wants world peace. So it must be very important. And we would love to experience in our world the absence of war. And closer to home, we are desperately searching for inner peace. Yet it seems that so few have been able to find it. And peace is mentioned 429 times in the Bible. So I'm just going to read all those verses for you now. (laughs) No, not really. But it's obviously very important to God and to his people to be mentioned that many times. So what is peace? It's described in many ways, but it can be defined as tranquility, harmony, security. And there are so many different types, sometimes even described as prosperity and well-being. But there's different types of peace that we see in the Bible. There's false peace, there's inner peace, there's peace with God, and there's peace with God with his people. So today we're mostly going to be looking at peace with God and inner peace. And in subsequent weeks, I'd like to share on some of those other things about false peace and peace with God, with people and other people. So in the Old Testament, when they talk about peace, the word that they're using there is shalom, referring to relationships with people and God, the relationships between people and God. And it's tied to a promise or a covenant. And it's ultimately a gift from God, its value, and it indicates blessing on our obedience and faith. And in the New Testament, the primary Greek word for peace is um, Irene. That's how you say it, but I, I won't spell it to you. And that refers to rest and tranquility. And I love this. It means to join or bind together that which has been separated. And I love that because a key focus of peace in the New Testament is the advent of Jesus Christ. And Isaiah predicted the Messiah would be the Prince of Peace in Isaiah 9.6. He was announced by the angels in Luke 2.14. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace on whom his favour rests. And he is called the Lord of Peace. 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. So the word for peace means far more than absence of hostility. And it means wholeness, soundness, well-being. And it's a oneness with God and every kind of blessing and good. And as you read in his word, it's a peace that transcends all understanding. It doesn't make sense. It surpasses both our ability to cope and our anxiety about what is to come. 
And unfortunately, there are a few things, though, that can come against us experiencing this beautiful peace that is so amazing that it surpasses anything we could understand or comprehend. So we're going to look at a few peace robbers today uh, that can come and try to steal our peace. And at the end of each point, we're going to pray through these things, have Holy Spirit minister to us, and hand them right there to God, right then in that moment. We can do that, make it fresh and new, and then move on to the next point. So the first hindrance to having peace in our lives is sin. Yes, I've said the big sin word. <laughs> sin causes a gap, a breach in our relationships with God, which is why God hates sin, because he wants to be in relationship with us. That's why he sent Jesus. So it only makes sense that it's nearly impossible to have peace in our hearts and in our minds if we have a disconnect with God. Yeah. In Jeremiah's day, the false prophets proclaimed peace, peace. But they really frustrated God because they weren't addressing the people's sin. But God said there is no real peace unless everything is well with God and his people. And we know in our hearts that when we're not working with God, if things are wrong, we feel anxious, we feel really challenged, we have that conviction. And it's impossible to have that relationship with God without repenting, which is being sorrowful about our sin, confessing and asking God for his forgiveness. We then receive God's forgiveness, turn away from our sinful lifestyle and we are reconciled to him. Yeah. We don't have to jump through any hoops or do any more than that. That is salvation. That is us reconciled back to God. So the Greek word for peace in Philippians, Irene, can be understood as the peace of mind that arises from reconciliation with God, to bind together that which was disconnected. So the enemy would come and he would try to torment us and say, well, you can't mention that to anyone and try to have a power over us when there's things in our life that don't line up with what God wants for us. But the Bible says we confess our sin, it brings it into light, and it just diffuses the power that the enemy has over us and over our mind. So if you're battling in any areas, get with one of the pastors. Very simply, just confess your sin, repent, get some prayer, and you're back in that right relationship with God. Don't let the enemy take you out from everything that God has got for you. And don't let him rob you from the peace that he so desires for you to have. Deal with your sin and you can allow his peace to fill you. So we're just going to pray about that now. Let's pray. Lord, forgive me for my sin. As you sit there, just in your mind, don't say it out loud, just say, maybe something that Holy Spirit is pinpointing for you. Forgive me for my sin and forgive me for when I have turned away from you, chosen other things instead of you. We receive that forgiveness now and we let peace flood our souls. If you're here now and you've never asked Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and Saviour, or you have in the past, but you've walked away, now is the time to receive him. If that's you, just pop your hand up now while everyone's eyes are closed. I'll see it, and so will God. Just respond now to show you I want to have that relationship again with God. Amen best decision that you can make. 
Well, another peace robber can be independence or self-centeredness. So Jeremiah 6.16 says, Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will have rest for your souls. That's what he wants for you. He wants rest and peace in your soul because he loves you and he wants to protect and provide for you. But our human nature is to put ourselves first, to follow our desires and do it our way. And you see this in little children, probably never yours and never our grandchildren, but in other people's children, you might notice that their first instincts is, no, mine, I do it myself. <laughs> might have heard those words. <laughs> this is etching out of independence, that they want to, they think they know better and they want to do it their way. And Adam and Eve fell for this one in the garden. And they were tempted to put themselves in front of God, not trusting or listening to him. And it's tragic when we don't listen to him, when we don't believe in God and we don't trust in his word. And this happened in Jeremiah's time too. God's people did not listen. It says, um, I think it's in verse, chapter 6, verse uh, 12, their ears are stuffed with wax. In verse 19, they ignored everything I said. And, and chapter 7, verse 23, God says, Obey me, and I will be your God, and you will be my people. Walk in all my ways, I command you, that it may go well with you. doesn't get much clearer than that. Do you want it to go well with you? Listen to God and obey him. Live in his paths. Walk in his ways. Learn his ways. We know what they are. We walk in those spiritual disciplines that he makes so clear for us. Being established in his word, the Bible, reading that and applying it to our lives. Hearing it and doing it. Choosing to manage our finances and giving biblically. Being committed to a discipleship community, which means gathering together in Sunday services, being in connect group or prayer meetings, also means seeking true wise counsel when, that will challenge you and not just tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. We hum, be humble and ask Holy Spirit to lead and guide you. And peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit. So if we allow the Spirit of God to rule in our lives, we will experience his peace. We will see those, that fruit of peace in our lives. So resolve in your heart today to listen to God and to walk in his ways, to put him first in your world at the centre so that it may go well for you. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for not having you in the centre of my world, for pursuing independence, being distracted, walking my own pathways and not listening to you. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to work in my life, to bring change and growth, and for your work in me to grow the fruit of peace in my life. Thank you that you promise that if I return to the eternal paths and walk in them, I will find peace, rest, and contentment for my soul. Many things will go well with me. Amen. Another peace robber is our desire to be in control. The need to be in control leads to anxiety, fear, and a lack of peace. We try to micromanage, try to work everything out. We have expectations that are sometimes unrealistic, 
and we want everything to be perfect. We want to have all our ducks in a row. And you know, this just doesn't happen. I'll show you my ducks. Got that, Emma? It's coming. See, the ducks are starting to row. They're not wanting to even make an appearance here. You lost it? There's no slide. Yeah, Steve, there it is there. It's a little mean, little duck mean. Anyway, <laughs> we can come back to that. God wants us to relinquish our need to be in control and for us to surrender to him, to trust him, to not have to know what, why and how it's happening and have the whole plan laid out for us. His ways are higher. We don't understand them. We just need to trust him that he loves us and he has a good plan and purpose for us. And I had such a personal revelation of this. Oh, here we go. Here's my ducks. It says, me, my ducks are absolutely... I want my ducks in a row then. My ducks are absolutely not in a row. Me, at this point, I don't even know where my ducks are. My ducks, they're in the back of the police car. <laughs> so I don't know if anyone feels like that. Like, what is going on in my life? And for some of us with those... Planning personalities, we experience this a lot deeper than some of the rest of you. <laughs> so I had this, um, this is actually where the preach came from. I had this personal revelation of this. If you need to understand, you won't get the peace that passes all understanding. I was like, oh, well, that's really challenging for me. <laughs> hmm. It sounds a lot like surrendering to God's plan and trusting him and even being okay to wait. And oh, we love waiting too, don't we not? <laughs> Even when it feels like he isn't listening or he isn't answering us. And Proverbs 3, 5, 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. So that's really challenging. Surrendering and submitting is relinquishing all our thoughts and ideas and our plans and trusting God and having complete confidence in his ability to meet my needs at any given moment, at any situation. And we have to be comfortable in being uncomfortable in this. Or we won't be able to access his peace. In Philippians 4, 6, the peace that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And even when we might be tempted to doubt that God is doing any of these things in our lives, we can read his word. We can read of his faithfulness to his people throughout his word. And we know that he is working behind the scenes. We can wait for him with confidence and peace that his timing is always perfect. Another piece, Robert, is striving and materialism. So we live in a world of comparison where everything that we have and everything we can do is displayed on public forums and we see people's highlight reels you know their immaculate house and their well-behaved children and you know it just feeds that want that craving and striving in us and we know it's fake but you know you do get sucked into it but the opposite of what Apostle Paul is talking about is as he shared a key to peace is contentment and few people seem to be genuinely content as Martin Luther once said 
Contentment is a rare bird, but it, it sings sweetly in the breast. So lack of contentment manifests in materialism and striving. When we come with gratitude and thankfulness for what we do have, that allows us to be content in him. And later in the chapter, Paul talks about, he shares about filling our thoughts and minds with the good things, not looking at the negative things and the lack. And our negative thought life can be one of the biggest peace robbers that we contend with. But we're taking another preach to do that because that's a big one. That's <laughs> We need to hold time to do insights and keys to dealing with that challenge. We can think that peace looks like having every material possession that we desire or to have no conflict, disagreement, perfect for us, you know, to no lack or discomfort, that all our circumstances have to be perfect for us to experience peace. But that has never happened and it never will. There's always good going on in our lives, there's always challenges going on in our world. No one goes through our life without difficulties and hard times. And Paul himself, when he's writing this, he's actually in prison and he's going through a tremendously difficult time. And he writes in Philippians 4, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. Yeah. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, Wow, I can't even get a good, keep a good attitude when I'm hungry. I turn into hangry really quickly. <laughs> Whether living in plenty or want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. We use that verse a lot. This is the context of it. When I am in contentment with God, I can do all, the, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. He's in prison. It wasn't a nice, clean prison. If you read about it, it was horrendous. But like many of us, he was, he was struggling with it, great anxiety. Yet he writes, this is the Amplified Version, Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite requests with thanksgiving. Continue to make your wants known to God, and God's peace shall be yours, that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God, and being content with its earthly lot, or whatever sort that is, that peace, which transcends all understanding, shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So that's a wonderful promise to declare over our lives. Um, Corrie Ted Boom defined worry as a cycle of inefficient thoughts whirling around a centre of fear. Worry can wreck our lives. Some of our worries, like Paul's, are real. Some are illusory, but in either case, a life down with, weighed down with worry is not worth living. The Bible never promises that we won't face hard times or difficult situations, but it does promise us God's strength and grace in those and the Apostle Paul found the key to a life of peace and contentment in times of trouble. He says here, and we're just going to pray here. Heavenly Father, please forgive us where we have not come to you with thanksgiving and gratitude, but rather with selfish needs and wants only. 
We've tried to fill emptiness with other things instead of you and your presence. Let us be content knowing that you fill the gap. You are all we need. Fill us with your contentment and peace now. Amen. Now Paul's solution is to encourage us to turn not to fear, but to prayer. And to bring our specific request to God. Prayerlessness is a peace robber. Have you ever found yourself in a scenario where you just don't know what to do and you catch yourself saying something like, well, there's nothing I can do about it. All I can do is pray. <laughs> As if that's not actually the answer anyway. It probably should have been the first port of call. Anyone relate to that? Oh, good. I was just thinking it was, might have just been me. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Paul says, let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers letting God know your concerns. I'm reconciled to my Heavenly Father. Because of that, I can pray and present my requests to him. When I do that with thanksgiving, the peace of God guards my heart and mind. So this nearness to God allows me to experience a true, deep sense of peace, whether in comfort or hardship. So sometimes it's helpful to write down specific requests. This enables you to look back at the ways which God has answered prayers. And I know that many of our connect groups have done this over the years and they've seen people's fears and concerns, needs and desires being met with answered prayers. We have testimony after testimony of that. If you do this, you can then give thanks, like mentioned earlier, and your confidence in prayer will increase because you can see the answers. So offer your current prayers from a foundation of a life filled with thanksgiving. The wonderful promise is that as you do this, God's peace will come and he exchanges your worries for his peace. God's peace sustains us through all circumstances. We need to consciously remind ourselves to keep our eyes on God and his faithfulness instead of the daunting circumstances that we find ourselves in. And the only way any of us can face life's opposition and overcome it is if we rely on the peace of God to guard our hearts and minds. The peace of God keeps life's challenges from paralysing us. God's peace doesn't make our problems go away, but it helps us to keep our perspective focused on God, which provides hope for endurance. So God knows the difficulties that we will face and he equips us from them. He provides for us, he protects us and shields us and he loves us. So let's pray. And this is part of Pastor Emma's liturgy on our website, Purpose Circles. This is the prayer section, just a small part. Lord, when our mouths have become full of anxious and ordinary words and our minds have raced and run, when our heart is limping, and our soul is clouded and covered when we are tripping up on the humdrum lines of the everyday. Let us invite you to the table of our hearts conversation. Holy Spirit, please prompt us and remind us to bring all of our sorrow and joy, challenges and victories, concerns and praise points to you in prayer, to chat to you as a friend, to hand over our problems and weaknesses to you, so that you can carry them, take the burden off us 
and fill us with your peace. Amen. Because Paul knew the peace of God, he could rest in the strength of the everlasting arms of the Lord to meet his need. Can I have the band to come up, please? You know, peace is a great blessing. Peace is a word of huge significance in the Bible. So when we find and hold on to peace with God, we begin to have and bring peace to others. And we know it's a hurting world where they are lacking peace and that's what they need. The gospel brings us to God and the gospel makes us family. The local church is now the place where God's shalom, his peace is beginning to take shape. We're not naturally good at creating the conditions for peace, but because of Jesus, we have been changed. I'm just going to close in prayer. I'm going to pray this verse over you from Thessalonians. Now may the God of peace and harmony set you apart, making you completely holy. And may your entire being, spirit, soul and body, be kept completely flawless in the appearing of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. The one who calls you by name is trustworthy and will thoroughly complete his work in you. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.